You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, to say it was another eventful day in Sixerland would be an understatement. Some news about Joel Embiid. He looks like he's going to miss some time. The Sixers' six-game winning streak ended. Mind you, they were severely shorthanded with a 103-96 loss to the Knicks, plus some more stuff coming out about the Ben Simmons saga. We'll jump into all that, but before we do, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your fix. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. Joining me, what are we going to say, a weekly spot with me now at this point, Paul, since we've been basically <laughs> been going at this, what, this is like our seventh or eighth time, but Paul Hudrick, our, our principal kind of producer at, uh, at Liberty Ballers, who was at the game today. Paul, first off, how have things been for you after a whirlwind day? <laughs> well, uh, crazy. That's all I can. I mean, it's been funny. And like we just talked before the podcast and uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I am uh, my fiance and I are expecting in about like three weeks. So it's uh, that craziness. And this team is not cutting me any slack whatsoever uh, with everything going on. I actually made a joke to one of their PR guys that I feel like I should have brought like a six pack with me. <laughs> to the arena tonight just because of all the stuff that they're those poor guys are dealing with on a nightly basis but yeah man it's it's a long day today uh, among many long days to start this season uh because it just it's just been relentless and you know anyone who's uh, who's followed the team for long enough and i've been lucky enough to cover them for you know roughly five years or so and it's like this is like tip of the iceberg stuff. This isn't even that bad <laughs> compared to some of the things we've dealt with over the course of, of the last few years so yeah, man, it's just it, it, it. Brett Brown used to have a saying when he was here. He used to say he was numb to it, and in a way, you do. You just kind of get numb to it, where you just like, all right, let's just keep the train moving and figure out what we got to do next. Well, there and, and like you mentioned, I mean, it, it, we're recording this just after the the Knicks beat the Sixers, so it, it is still technically Monday. But man, the day started off with we had some news coming out about Ben Simmons. We'll save that for the back half of the pod. But the big one that immediately impacts the Sixers, Joel Embiid. He had to enter the league's health and safety protocols after a po- we're assuming, I mean, it's a positive test. There's give you too many uh, details, but doc did touch on it and said that he is feeling it. He joins Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, Isaiah Joe. Uh, you know, that was a, a something that came out of left field, especially as, and it was going to be a planned rest day for, for Joel anyway. So he wasn't going to suit up against the Knicks, but when you heard this too, what was your immediate thought? Cause I went to, this team is playing so good and everything's going so well. That's the negative of it. And they're, you know, obviously sitting at, at eight and two through 10 games going into the next game, but looking at it on the, on the other side, I tried to take it like a, a, a positive spin on it, which is that, okay, we kind of, this is the reality of the world that we live in. We're dealing with positive tests coming out, um, you know, every single day and, and things are going to have an impact on the NBA season. So at least this kind of happened early where hopefully it doesn't become an issue again going forward. But when you got the news that, that Joel was having to enter the league's health and safety protocols, what was your immediate thought? 
Just that it stinks. Um, it, it just really does. You, you feel so bad for the for the team and, and the guys that are just right now. I mean, you could see it. Like there was a point in the game tonight where Tyrese Maxey got fouled and he's laying on the court and he's got this smile on his face because Tyrese Maxey just can't help but to smile, I feel like, all the time. But you could just see he just looked so tired. Like these guys, and George Yang is another guy, just like you could tell that they are they are killing themselves for this basketball team right now. And like, you know, Monday night, they just didn't have like they just didn't have enough. They just didn't have enough legs. They didn't have enough to just overcome. I mean, they, essentially they played seven guys tonight. Paul Reed played five minutes in the first half. I honestly thought maybe Doc Rivers could have played him more in the second. Yeah. He did not. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, just go, to go back to Joel, it's just, it's, it's brutal with everything that's going on with his team. And it's just it, like, like you kind of already mentioned, like they've overcome. So like the Ben Simmons holdout, uh, you know, Tobias Harris going on the COVID list, uh, you know, then Isaiah Joe, then Matisse Thibault, and they're still winning. They still go to Chicago, beat them for the second time in a week, and the vibes are still really good. And then to me, like, this is like, to me, when Joel, you, you find out Joel Embiid's in the protocols, it's like, it, you, you just throw your, throw your hands up because it's like, what else? Like, I think I'd seen when I tweeted, it was like, what else? Like, what, 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 what else could, could you add on to this list? And it's just insane to think about. And it, it's, the vibes were so good. And this is for me, like, this is what kind of broke me is to be like, all right, man, like, geez, like this is, it, it was such a feel good thing. Like the, you felt like no matter what happened, they could still win games. And now this was the one where it's like, all right, I, I don't know how you can overcome this. This is, this is, this is too much. Like this is, this is a bridge too far where it's going to be really difficult to overcome losing an MVP caliber player. On top of that, he just played the best game of the season for him in Chicago. It looked like he had found his offensive rhythm a little bit, and then this happens. Um, I think it is a good point that, you know, maybe they do get lucky in the sense that maybe some other teams are going to deal with some outbreaks and maybe they're getting getting theirs sort of out of the way now. But I would say conversely, what I worry about is we saw what this did to Seth Curry last year when – you know, he was out on the coat, you know, out with a positive test for a while. And he kind of wasn't right until the playoffs, really. So um, granted, that was before we had a vaccine. So, you know, it makes you feel, you know, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, you know, I, I, I don't quote me on it, but I believe all four guys that are in protocols, they are breakthrough cases. They are guys that are vaccinated and still got it. But the hope is because of that, you know, the recovery won't be quite as long, you know, it won't hit them as hard as perhaps it would have if they weren't vaccinated. So you cross your fingers that there's nothing lingering. That's the thing like I'm most worried about right now, especially a guy like Joel Embiid, who has, has done such a great job of, you know, dedicating himself to being in better shape of taking better care of his body. You just really hope it doesn't affect him over the long term. He's able to come back, you know, after the 10 days, I, I don't foresee any of these guys, being just ready to go right at that 10 day point, but let's hope it's not too far after that. So yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's just a lot to overcome. And it, it's, it, it, it's at a, as much as it's at a good time because it's early in the season, it's also at a bad time because they're about to embark on a six game road trip. They're about to head out to the West coast. So that makes it for funky timing and like, you know, not to be too like weird about it, but, it, they're going to Utah and Denver. We all know that playing in Utah and Denver below sea level, like it, it typically doesn't work out for most visiting teams coming from the West, from the East coast. You couple that with guys just coming off the COVID list. And that's not an ideal combination of things. 
So I don't foresee any of these guys coming back within the next week, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. First and foremost, you want to make sure health is number one, you know, as long as, course, as long yeah. as they're okay. And I think that, you know, like, like you said, I mean, the, the timing of it is, is crappy and the timing of it is, is unfortunate, but also I'm, I'm looking at it like, okay, hopefully. And again, like you said, we don't know what the physical ailments are going to be. You know, if there are any, you know, long COVID cases or anything like that, not, you know, taking them a long time to get back to semi-normal, but I think the other thing is, you know, the team had so much good chemistry, you know, and everything, you know, the way they were celebrating Doc's 1000th win. I mean, everything, The like you mentioned, just being around them, the Ben Simmons stuff just became an afterthought because they were playing so good. And even watching this game against the Knicks, like it was 1919 early. And I'm like, OK, you know, they're they're kind of battling here. And, and this was probably the most fun sloppy 103-96 basketball <laughs> game I've seen in a while, because even when I was watching it and you remember that. You know, they end up missing 10 shots, uh, only at two points over the final four and a half minutes of the opening quarter, which came on a pair of George Niang free throws, and they were down 28-21. And then I kind of felt like they they hit this wall. And that second quarter was brutal. You know, I mean, they they were just yeah. they, they were outplayed. They seemed like there was a lid on the basket. They were, you know, shooting just over 35% from the field, seven to twenty-two from deep. And so you're watching this game, they're down by 14, and I'm kind of like, all right, you know it's all right. They were bound for one of these and given the circumstances of the guys that they're missing and just not, you know, like you mentioned, basically rolling with seven guys. I'm like, all right, they kind of hit the wall, but then the second half starts, right? Paul. And then we see this team like Andre Drummond had those hustle plays with the, with the big uh, offensive rebounds. And he's just, you know, like a, like a dog in the, in the key fighting for it. The Sixers are down 12. All of a sudden the energy gets going. Then, you know, Danny green hits back to back threes. They're, they're within five or six. And then, you know, they, they come out and, and, you know, the fans even got frosties, right? Alec Burks <laughs> missed the, <laughs> missed the free throw. So everything's going well. And then we go into the fourth and, and the Sixers are right there, right there. George Niang hits that three, gets it down to one with five minutes left. Unfortunately, it was all Julius Randle and Knicks from that point on. But when you were watching this game, like, did you kind of have this sense of, cause how I was feeling was, oh my God, you know, like, dude, these guys are absolutely for real. And the fight that they're showing and the Knicks, again, nobody's going to mistake them for a championship contender, but the Knicks are firmly, I believe going to be a, a, a playoff team, not even in the play. And I think they will be at least one of the top six, but you're looking at this and I'm like, damn, you know, the way these guys are playing and how they're fighting and Yang, when he hit that three, you know, he's hands are up waving at the crowd. I'm like, dude, these guys are gassed. You know, they don't have this yeah. energy, but how impressed were you? If you were at all watching the, watching them play in that game. And especially that third quarter, no, Knowing that these guys are up going to be playing near 40 minutes each of them the, the entire game so I'll, I'll tell you um i was writing the obituary of this game at halftime like yeah. my observations i was already basically saying because when you watch the second quarter and i i do think i thought that was pivotal and offensively i thought the bigger issue yeah it was definitely offensively they just could not get anything and then what I thought the Knicks were clearly doing, and I'm sure this was a point of emphasis coming into the game, was every time they got a stop, they ran. And it was clear they were trying to run the six. They knew the Sixers were shorthanded, playing a ton of games, in, you know, six games and nine nights. They knew all that. They were trying to run the Sixers out of the building in the second quarter, and they damn near did it um, You know, with the way that, that quarter ended. And you can't say enough about about the perseverance, the, 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 the fight that they showed in that third quarter, uh, you, you mentioned Drummond 25 rebounds tonight. And like, just mm -hmm. a quick hit on the stats for that. Um, I believe it's the most of any player this season. No one has had 25 rebounds the most for a sixer since Charles Barkley in 1987. Damn. So just a hell of an effort by, and it showed like, it, it wasn't just like, uh, he was like, he 
was all over the damn glass. Like he was in the second half, he was unbelievable. And, you know, he had two blocks early in the third quarter, made a couple of nice passes. I mean, he, he just, he really did energize them in a big way in the third quarter. Danny Green, who hasn't played and, you know, he's got a bum hamstring, he had to play 30 minutes after not playing for three games, hit a couple big shots, play, you know, had a couple big stops, had to guard Julius Randle all night. He's given up four inches to the guy and had to guard him all night. Um, Maxi, as I mentioned earlier, just that that kid has been playing his ass off. I mean, and he's been playing so many minutes, but at, at halftime, I had the lead was written. I said, you know, U.S. women's national team legend and Delray, New Jersey native Carly Lloyd rang the bell, and then nothing went right after that because that's what I thought it was going to be like. <laughs> but, but to their credit, man, I mean, they they showed so much damn fight tonight. And, you know, it's a shame because I feel like if a, if they just hit a couple more shots, and they had some good looks, yeah, I thought, where, like, certain spots where – if they hit a shot, it would have tied the game or it would have taken a lead. And just they couldn't quite hit any of those shots that would have gotten them over the hump. And, you know, it, you know, Seth Curry missed a couple in a row. Shake Milton had his, I would say, his first really not great night since coming back from his injury. Uh, Furcon Corkmoss was outstanding in the first half. He had 16, only had three in the second half. So it was just one of those deals where I think, fatigue like they they left everything they had on the floor and they just didn't have enough they just their legs weren't there they just couldn't quite hit that big shot and that big moment to lift them up over the top and like you said this Knicks team they're a good team the Knicks and not only are they a good team jazz Thibodeau that those guys play play hard every single like they don't take nights off like they're not the type of team where you can catch them napping one night and, and you know and beat them like they they bring it every single night. They were coming off a loss um, uh, last night against the I, – I can't remember who they played up for the life of me, but they, they're coming – I think it was the Wizards maybe. They were coming off a loss the night before. So they were hungry. They wanted to win. They, they, gave, lost, to the, they, they lost to the Cavs, sorry, yeah. Cavs, excuse me, okay. Yeah. So they they clearly – like they were they, they wanted to win. They, they were all in on trying to win the game. They were playing hard, and for the Sixers to – to have that effort again, essentially playing seven guys, it was, it was really damn impressive. And I think you can only come away this from this game, just being impressed with the seven guys that did play um, the effort they gave tonight and, and how hard they play and how hard they've been playing because it's, it's a lot. I think Maxi is, well, tonight they had four guys nearly play 40 minutes in Drummond, Curry, Maz, and Maxi yet again. And Maxi's played, hovering around 40 minutes last five games or so. Yeah, so that yeah. kid, I know he's 21 years old, but that's still a lot of friggin' minutes. You know, it's funny you're saying that. I was thinking that during the broadcast too, and I'm like, oh, Maxie's only like 21 years old. He should have the energy, but I'm like, yeah, it doesn't mean he doesn't get tired. You know what I mean? It's right. not like he's just some like, you know, genetic robot that he can just run out and do what he wants. I'm like, yo, he's, and you, you mentioned, I, I know that play, there was one where, he went to the hoop and and he was like a scoop shot, you know, on the right side and he fell down and it just, it looked like he just didn't even have the energy to get up, you know, right. and, and it wasn't like, and, and I saw that too, like, cause I'm with you. I'm like, they were right there. And when Yang hit that three with five minutes left and I'm like, no way they're going to do this again. You know what I mean? And, and then you just kind of saw them. And then Julius Randall hit that one, three, that kind of put the game at a range. And it was almost like the guys just took it. Like they were just like, Oh, you know, like they were disappointed, but they were like, thank God. It looks like this one's, you know, almost over because again, what doc rivers has done, 
and what these guys have done, just shorthanded dealing with all the adversity so far, I think it bodes really well for, and again, people have to remember, we're only in November. I'm anticipating it's going to be a little bit of a rough stretch here with, with a tough schedule coming up with Milwaukee, Toronto, uh, the Pacers, and you mentioned Utah, Denver coming up uh, early next week. So you're looking at this and thinking, you know, okay, this, they might be at, you know, nine and eight or something close to that after this run. But again, looking at the, at the long run for things and, Hopefully these guys are all okay in terms of the health wise, but once they get it back together, I expect this team to to go on some big, uh, big winning streaks and 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 get themselves back at the top of the conference. Whatever happens over the next five or six games, I want to jump into a couple more things, Paul. As I mentioned, the Joel Embiid health and safety protocol stuff, and also some news around Ben Simmons as well. We'll do that after a short break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, and we're back. Uh, you know, we're talking about recap the Knicks loss in the in the first half. Again, a lot of positives. And, and as I said, one of the most fun 103-96 NBA games I've seen because there was moments I was up like standing up off my couch. Like, come on, come on. You know what I mean? And I haven't done that <laughs> in a while. But uh, looking at this now in terms of the macro stuff in surviving, uh, surrounding the Sixers, pardon me, looking at, you know, what's happened with missing now Embiid, Toby Harris, uh, Matisse Thibel, Isaiah Joe, Paul, you're, uh, you know, we've talked about this a lot. You're always around the team. You're at practices. You're at basically every home game. Um, and you mentioned kind of how, how guys look deflated and, and the energy wasn't right. When, you, when you're looking at this, uh, how do you think the Sixers are going to be able to best muster this and come out of it and still continue playing the way they are? Again, hoping that all things considered that their health is still good. Well, I think this is one of those things like this. This is the kind of stretch that I think can galvanize a team and, and, and really bring a team together because they're scratching and they're clawing already. And like, not only that, like you see a guy like Tyrus Maxey, who already as a young guy has, you know, they have the, the veterans and the guys on the team already have so much respect for, for what he's done already. And this is only adding to it. And all these guys, like, you know, a guy like a Paul Reed, who, if everybody's healthy, he's probably not getting some of these opportunities that he's getting. And to get that this early in the season could be big because you never know. You never know when you might need him to come up in a big moment um, and he'll be prepared because, you know, he'll, he'll already had a little bit of that experience. 
Um, I know against the Bucks, Doc has already said, he's like, I got to play 10 guys. Like, I can't only play seven or eight guys anymore. I have to play 10. So two more guys are going to get some run, whether that's, you know, Aaron Henry or Jaden Springer or Charles Bassey. One of these guys is going to get some run. And, you know, you can't, you can't, overstate the value of that. Look at Maxi last year, you know, getting some time, getting to play in that Denver game and put up 39 points or, you know, just some of those early season minutes that Isaiah Joe got or, or Paul Reed got last year. Like th- that, those, those could be big. Uh, look at what Tyrese Maxi was then able to do down the stretch for them in that season. And then of course in the postseason, what that did for his development. So like, like you can't underestimate what that's doing. And then just, again, the camaraderie, like, yeah, you don't want George Niang playing 35 minutes a night. Like, that's not what he was brought in here to do. But having that, it, again, it, it, it as much as the team already respects a guy like that and already has, you know, enjoyed having him around, it just takes it to another level when you see him nailing a big three and, and roaring, you know, roaring to the crowd. Like, I think that's one of the big things I, I've noticed about George that maybe I didn't know or maybe I didn't wasn't expecting is he's feisty. He's a fiery guy. Yeah. And of course, the city of Philadelphia is, is falling madly in love with George Niang, but I'm sure his teammates are also seeing that too and really enjoying that side of him and, and how much he cares about winning. Um, <laughs> what did he say that he thought he thought Niang sucks, right? That's what he said before, right? He sucked right before he came in. Who said that? <laughs> I think Embiid said about George Niang. There was a quote I saw a couple of days ago or yesterday on uh on sunday saying that he thought that uh niang sucked when he played for the jazz or something that's like so that. funny i didn't, <laughs> I didn't see that but it sounds about right that yeah. sounds like something joe would say uh well that's a, a funny side note i guess it's not that funny but apparently when joel and b told everyone he was in protocols everyone wasn't sure if he was serious or not everyone thought he was kidding because yeah. that's just him like yeah. he just messes with everyone all the time because like that's just <laughs> his sense of humor but but yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's just those little things. And like again, a guy like Andre Drummond, like you know, the reality is, this is Joel Embiid's team. Joel Embiid is an MVP caliber player. Andre Drummond is here to be his backup. But it's gonna having Drummond get these moments and have this time. It's gonna help him in the long run because he's gonna be he's gonna be ready for when he has to step in and when he has to play. You know, maybe he's only playing 10, 15 minutes in important games, but. He's going to give you 10, 15 damn good minutes because he's been so prepared from moments like this. And having, say what you want about Andre Drummond, and and I get it, there's, you know, when they first signed him, I know there was a lot of negative sentiment and people basically saying like, ah, it's the same thing as Dwight Howard. I think it's clear at this point, this is not Dwight Howard. Uh, Andre Drummond's a better basketball player than Dwight Howard is at this point in their respective careers. With all due respect to Dwight Howard, who's, you know, future Hall of Famer, there's like Andre Drummond's 10 years younger and there's like, he's a better player yeah, and he's a better player overall. Yeah. yeah. To, to have a guy who is a starting really, I mean, realistically, Andre Drummond could be starting for a, at center for a lot of NBA teams right now. He chose to come here because he wanted to play for Doc Rivers and he liked the opportunity. He could be starting on a lot of teams right now. So to have a guy like that, you, you, of course you'd rather have Joel Embiid, but to have a guy like that, that can fill in is huge. So I think in the long run, as much as this sucks right now for the team, as much as it sucks for some of us to watch some nights um, and it's only going to get, you know, there's a chance that it could get uglier with, with this upcoming schedule as we've talked about it, excuse me. It certainly does have the chance to perhaps galvanize this team down the road, have them come together even more so than they already are. Um, and that, I think it could stand to benefit them um, as you get into the nitty gritty of the season.
Okay, Paul, I'm going to put you on the spot before we move on to the Ben Simmons stuff. Next five games, home against Milwaukee, home against Toronto, at Indy, at Utah, at the Nuggets. How do they do in those five games? Man, I got to be honest. If they win two of them, I think that's a good – I, I can't lie. Like, if they win two of those games down as many guys as they are, that's a win to me. Like, if they go two and three, and that, I don't even – it doesn't matter how they get them. If they just win two of those games, I think that's huge. Um, because I, I don't think Tobias Harris, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, but I would be surprised if he plays in any of those five games. I really would. Um, just all things considered, you don't want to rush him back. You want to make sure he's in good shape, you know, from a conditioning standpoint, that he's ready to play NBA basketball and get up and down the court. You probably don't want him making his return in Utah or in Denver and messing with that. Um, so it, it's, it, yeah, yeah. Two games, three games would be incredible. Two games would be good. Just tread water, get through it, um, and just and just you know, with the guys you have, just try to win as as many games as you can. Three games, I think we're planning a parade, Paul. That's what I think is going mean, to happen serious. if they win three. But I I do think, and uh, you know, I'm not saying I want this to happen, but I do think things could get pretty pretty ugly on on Tuesday against the Bucks, just given the given the circumstances. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we'll wrap up on this. The Ben Simmons news. Two of the most plugged-in NBA insiders talking about Shams Charania of The Athletic as well as Woj from ESPN uh, gave us some news on the Ben Simmons front. So, And if you haven't heard, Ben agreed to meet with the Sixers medical personnel. Uh, he's already been kind of working with team doctors for his back and doing some individual stuff, but the big issue and why Daryl Morey and co. decided to reinstitute the $360,000 fines uh, that he was getting for missing games earlier in the season was because he wasn't being as open with the medical staff in terms of his mental health and, and giving updates on his uh, prognosis and what's going on. Seems like they've kind of mended that fence and that's kind of together. Uh, what do you make of all this? And do you like, does this move the needle at all for you in terms of seeing him starting to participate more with the strength training more in the morning shoot arounds with the team, or is it just semantics that this is going to be a standoff and he's just trying to make sure he gets his money. I just feel like this is, yeah, this is, it's like a non-update update. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I just, I, I don't think this moves the needle either way. It doesn't, to me, this doesn't signify that he's any closer to playing for the team, but it also doesn't signify that he's definitely not going to play for the team. Certainly doesn't signify that a trade is imminent. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't take much of it. I, I didn't take much from the reports at all. The only thing I really got from any of it was the fact that, um, you know, Shams in his report said that the Celtics had called and that if you're, you know, this for the Sixers, they'd want Jalen Brown, which, uh, yeah, sure. Great. That sounds wonderful. Um, make Jalen Brown a Sixer for Ben Simmons. That sounds uh, like a pretty easy uh, thing to do. I, I don't envision a scenario where that, like the, I think the Celtics would have to be down pretty damn bad for, for that to be a thing that they would consider. And I don't think you're going to get, Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons straight up swap. I think the Celtics are add some add for, some draft capital and and you know maybe I, I mean maybe a guy like Matisse Thybul. I don't you know what I mean. You're gonna have to add some yeah. some sort of prospect to it. Would you not want to go like you take that deal in a second? Wouldn't you? I wouldn't even yeah wouldn't even think twice. I know and listen I, I I'll tell you the concerns that people have and I will tell you why I'm not nearly as concerned. Um, one I'm at a point where. At first, I said, th- I said, like, uh, if you're going to trade Ben Simmons, I need a point guard, I need a ball handler. I'm not nearly as staunch in that stance right now because 
of the job, one, the job that Tyrese Maxey has done as a starting point guard and what I think he can be and what I think he could do even more of. And two, the job that Shake Milton has done tonight's game, notwithstanding um, the job he has done is kind of the backup point guard. I don't think you need to get now. Don't get me wrong. If you know this Neil Olshey investigation winds up being a disaster and Dame Lillard decides he wants out of Portland, I, I that's the preferred um, way to improve the team. But if you were to get Jalen Brown in here, and like I, I think the idea of getting a playmaking wing actually intrigues me more than a point guard. Um, Danny, I think you could bring Danny Green off the bench, and I think you can make the argument that perhaps. Danny Green might be more effective off the bench, not having to play 35 minutes at 34 years old. If you bring in a a a a a a guy who's a noticeable upgrade over Danny Green in the starting lineup, and you bring Danny off the bench playing 20 minutes a night, you could argue that that could make Danny more effective. So, yeah. um, you know, a guy like Jalen Brown, I think, fits that mold perfectly. Now, listen. I like some of the concerns I know people have, like he's not, is he like a closer closer? No, like Jason Tatum is a Celtic closer. That's the guy, like that's the guy who closes games. But to me, just adding that extra threat. So now you have Joel Embiid, who you have to double team every time he touches in the post, you have Tobias Harris. You can do some stuff in the mid, in the mid post, or, you know, do some stuff off screens and has a pretty good first step. You have Seth Curry, who's done really well at the end of games, running that two man game with Joel Embiid. Now you add a guy like a Jalen Brown who can score at all three levels, who's explosive as hell. I just think it adds another dimension that, you, that another team has to think about late in games. And I think that alone could make them better. And I think he could grow into that as kind of a closer. I think he can score in a lot of different ways. And so in that regard, I think you could make that work. Um, but yeah, I, I just like, is it like a perfect fit? No, but Ben Simmons is clearly not a perfect fit either. And if you're replacing him with a Jalen Brown, and that's the other thing is Jalen Brown is not a defensive player. The year candidate, he's probably not even an all NBA guy, but he's, he's a pretty damn good defender. Um, He's a guy that you could certainly trust to guard, you know, some of the other teams elite perimeter players. Mm -hmm. So to have all of those things and then to add, you know, the 25 points or so a game he scores, it just makes your offense so much more dynamic and it makes your team so much deeper to, to the point now where you can bring a Danny green off the bench. So yeah, I, I, if, if you're telling me that Brad Stevens calls and says, yeah, we'll give you Jalen Brown straight up for Ben Simmons. Uh, where does Ben need to ride to the airport? Like what, what do we do? Is he getting on a train? Does he need to, I can just drive him straight up there. Like, yeah, in a heartbeat, um, I would do that. Uh, Jalen Brown is a, is a damn good player. And I think he'd be a terrific fit for the Sixers. What, where do you, okay. We're at this point now. I mean, really coming up on five months since, since the loss to, to the Hawks, uh, which happened on June 20th in game seven, but you're looking at this now We're we're a couple of months into the season, almost, you know, basically a month into the season, not even really yet, but you got, the names we've heard, like you mentioned, Damian Lillard, and I mentioned this on the podcast before as well. If Neil Olshey gets ousted and ownership doesn't take Damian Lillard's consideration or his recommendations into who they hire, I think that pretty much all seals it that he's going to want out. Again, he could find somebody and be like, uh, you know, this is my choice and and the Blazers like whoever he picks and he wants to stay. But when you're looking at it at this point, percentage-wise, let's just say you have Portland, you have Washington, Bradley Beal. Again, nothing that we've heard for sure that says he's going to want out, but that's a name that we've heard. Uh, now that we've heard Jalen Brown, Boston, and then we got Philly. 
out of the four four cities, where do you think, like right now, where do you think the likelihood is that Ben is on January 1st, let's say? Uh, January, if I were a betting man, I'd put my money on the fact that he's still here January 1st. Um, okay. Whether he plays a game or not is an entirely different story, but I just... Because I, I think what this Jalen Brown rumor, because I, I don't, I personally don't think it's going to happen, but what I think this does, this rumor alone, kind of illustrates what Daryl Morey is doing and waiting. And it's that other teams are going to be in dis, and really, and even the Ulster news too, like other teams are going to be in disarray. Bad things are going to happen. People are going to get antsy. And, and that's when, you strike. You don't strike at the beginning of the year when everyone everything's great and everybody's doing well and everyone loves their teams and everything's you know all hunky dory with 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 the roster and chemistry and all that. You strike when things start going wrong, which is what the people were trying to do with the Sixers and Ben Simmons. But now, if another team is also in a situation where it's unpleasant, you're in a such a better stance from a negotiation standpoint. And like I, I'll throw another name out there, and I'm not. There's no rumors that he's available. I don't know that he is, but the Pelicans are a mess and we don't know what the hell's going on with Zion. Um, but what if Brandon Ingram becomes a guy that's available? I mean, that's a guy I would have some interest in. I mean, mm-hmm. New Orleans probably wouldn't have interest in Ben, but perhaps you get Minnesota involved. You work out a three-team deal, whatever. But the point is, this is what Daryl Morey was kind of waiting for. He was waiting for other for basically for shit to hit the fan in other places. And then when that (laughs) happened, that was when he was going to use that to gain some leverage back into Ben Simmons things. And I think to that extent, I think that's why he's kind of played this for the most part, he's played this pretty well so far. Yeah. And you know, we, we talked about this a lot, you know, even when we were, we were together there in Philly and and talked about this in the pod that he's doing things. I, you know, I, I agree with how he's handled this completely. Right. Which is, Let's let's wait and see what happens around the league. We wanted to see how they were, you know, performing over the first 10, 20 games of the season and see what, you know, where they're going to be at. And, I, and I've said this a lot uh, for people who do listen to the pod often is, you know what, if they come out and start 14 and six, you know, 13 and seven, all the noise and all the the, the background stuff about got to get trade bend and you got to make this happen sooner than later. I think that that kind of trails off, right? And then they've now they've done it. They started off eight and two. You know, they missed Embiid for one of the games there, missing Toby for a couple of games, but they showed now what they can do. You know what I mean? Uh, and so to me, there is no rush in all this. Take your time, get maybe that finishing piece of the puzzle that might get you into the finals and, and help you win a championship. Because from what we've seen so far, Paul, we'll wrap up on this. Like, you know, we're at the 11 game mark, but we're you know obviously at, at 10 coming into this and, and looking at what the Sixers have. Let's just say, again, everything works out good in the sense that they come back good from COVID. We don't have any long-term issues for for Joel, for Tobias Harris. And things stay, you know, relative status quo in terms of, like you mentioned, Ben um, isn't a part of the team and and isn't playing a game. And we might get into January or February. But when you look at this squad right now, as they are, um, all things considered being equal, Miami stays the same, Brooklyn stays the same. Um, you know, the teams start getting better around the league. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with the Celtics and other squad like that. But when you're looking at, at, at the Sixers in terms of the NBA pecking order, where do you have them now that you've seen them through 10 games? And again, we're assuming they stay healthy and, and don't have to deal with any more COVID outbreaks throughout the, the rest of the season. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because 
if we're saying like where are they right now with and basically saying that Ben Simmons is not a part of this team because he hasn't been a part of this team mm-hmm. so far, I'd have to put them in like the second because like Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee to me are are I mean I know Milwaukee's not off to a good start but they're still Milwaukee. Um, like Brooklyn and Milwaukee are in a tier of their own in the Eastern Conference at least. Like I th- I think they are still the, the cream of the crop. They are one and two. And then I think the second tier is where you have the Heat and the Sixers. Um, I don't even want to put the Bulls there yet. Uh, I mean, like the Heat, no, the I, really, I mean, yeah. I, the second tier is probably like the Heat and the Sixers. And like, and then after that, you have like the Knicks, the Bulls, maybe, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the Wizards are off to a pretty good start. I think they're an improved team. Spencer Dinwiddie's a guy I absolutely love and I thought would have been great here. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I would say like, if, if I'm going, I, I guess that's how I would look at it. It's like the tiers, I would put them in the second tier still. Um, I, I don't think much has changed from last year as far as where they are. Um, I, I think that it's the, the bucks and nets are ahead of everybody. And then it's them and the heat, I would say are kind of neck and neck there. Um, and then it gets kind of dicey after that, but kind of to your point, Miami's kind of is what they, uh, they are what they are. Like they can maybe make a couple, a move or two on the margins perhaps, but they're pretty much set. Yeah, they're hard and really though, yeah. it, the same with the other teams, really. I mean, maybe, you know, if New York laws change or Kyrie Irving decides to change his tune, maybe Brooklyn gets him back and that could change some things. But yeah, I, I mean, the Sixers have clearly have the best chance to possibly improve their standing, whether it's getting Ben Simmons back, which, yeah, doesn't seem likely, but or just getting a really you know a good return for him could really elevate you know where they are in the conference and the fact that they have they still have so many young guys that are improving. The fact that Seth Curry as a thirty year old seems to be ascending still. Um, those little things just make me think that this is a team that's not going to go away. They're going to be. One, I would say going into the playoffs, they're going to be one of the top four teams. I, I really do believe that with a chance to be even better if they if they can either get away, find a way for Ben Simmons to come back and, and play and play to his capabilities or move him and find adequate value to improve the team. Yeah, if they get, I mean, you know, again, people might look at Jalen Brown, think he's not an ideal fit. I just think the more talent that they have, because talent for the most part does win in the NBA. Obviously, you need camaraderie and, and, and chemistry, which I think, Doc has done a really good job of instilling so far, and especially this season, given everything that's happened. But I'm with you, man. I, I think if they can get just one more good, like, I mean, high-level player, talking if you're talking Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, uh, Damian Lillard to me, I mean, I, I put the Sixers maybe, maybe a bit ahead of, of, of Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee, just given what we've right seen there, from the depth. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, this is it's going to be, again, it's fascinating for us. We love covering the team because it, there's never a dull moment, as we know, and <laughs> given through what you went through on Monday. So we'll wrap up here, Paul. It's almost midnight. Go listen to your lady, take care of her, make her some nice stuff, massage her feet, knowing that you're <laughs> out, of, out on the road for the last basically 10, 12 hours working. So I always appreciate having you on the pod, and, and we love reading your stuff over at Liberty Ballers as well. Of course, man. She's she's already out. I'm probably on the couch tonight because I gotta. I'm doing all sorts of late night work. But uh, but she's she's good. She's great. We're 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 excited. Tired as hell, but excited. Now get some rest, <laughs> my man. It's been a long day, and I'm sure tomorrow will probably not going to be much easier. So so get some rest. Yeah, I'm gonna try, man. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. That's Paul Hedrick. He's the lead producer at Liberty Ballers. Uh, Don't forget as well, subscribe to our podcast network. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fix. Uh, And you can follow us on Twitter as well at Liberty underscore Ballers. That does it for this episode. Adio will be back with an out of sight. Uh, Two-parter is actually going to be previewing uh, the game between the Bucks and the Sixers. He'll be doing that with a couple of people from our SB Nation sister site, brewhoop.com, and he'll be back with a recap after the Sixers and Bucks wrap up their contest. That does it for this one. We'll talk to you all next time.